Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode number 37 of Painting the Corners with Anton Schindler, brought to you by 90.5 KCSU. For this week, we'll push off the National League East episode until next week, as some exciting and pretty important news has surfaced in the baseball community. So, be sure to tune in next week to see the best players of all time from the Atlanta Braves, the Miami Marlins, the New York Mets, the Philadelphia Phillies, and the Washington Nationals. Now with that out of the way, let's hop into the news. Earlier this week, Major League Baseball and its writers gathered once again to make a decision on who will make the Hall of Fame in 2022, and who will miss out or be forced to wait another year. Now, if you remember the controversy, you can understand why so many baseball fans were eagerly waiting for this announcement. You see, last year, there was tons of controversy that surfaced in terms of the MLB Writers Association when they collectively decided that no one would be inducted in 2021, something that hasn't happened since 2013. The main reason behind all of that was the controversy that some of the frontrunners, like Barry Bonds, Sammy Sosa, and Roger Clemens, that was putting a lot of pressure on the writers to make the writers decide if they were willing to look past the obvious cheating and drug use, but see these players for the impact that they had on the sport and the records that they kept. Instead, the writers decided not to vote anyone in. So, you can understand why fans were extremely interested in what was going to happen this year. I mean, after all, it was the last year of eligibility for Barry Bonds, and Roger Clemens, Sammy Sosa, and Curt Schilling as well. I mean, since they were all in their 10th year, it really came down to Hall of Fame or bust for these players. And, as you could have probably guessed or might have seen, none of the names of the ballplayers that I just listed made it in. Actually, none of them even received enough votes to make it that close. You see, Bonds finished with 260 votes, which is good for about 66% of the vote. Clemens had 257 votes, worth 65.2% of the vote. Kurt Schilling saw a massive decrease in the last couple of months, as he only received 231 votes, 58.6% of the vote, as Sosa dropped way down in the vote, only collecting 73 votes, or 18.5%. Now, as I'm sure you've seen, ever since this news was released, fans very passionately <laughs> expressed their opinions on the situation. And reading through some of it, you begin to understand why many of these fans have started to turn against the MLB Writers Association and the Hall of Fame, really just in general. You see, Barry Bonds is still, although arguably with the aid of performance-enhancing substances, the all-time home run leader. After all, Barry Bonds hit 762 home runs, seven more than Hammer and Hank Aaron. Bonds also won the MVP award three times, along with six silver sluggers before he first reported positive doping tests. 
Roger Clemens still holds the all-time record for Cy Young Award wins with seven, which is two more Cy Young Awards than the big unit, Hall of Famer Randy Johnson. Clemens earned four of those seven Cy Young Awards, by the way, and an MVP award before he tested positive for steroids in 1998. But, unfortunately, the fact of the matter is, their careers were kind of tarnished due to the decisions that they made with these performance-enhancing drugs. So, I felt that the writers, I mean, rather unsurprisingly, decided that they couldn't really look past that. I mean, even if they are the all-time leaders, what they did was wrong. And that's kind of where this other side of the argument starts to kind of make sense. I mean, yes, the MLB Hall of Fame is there to preserve history and preserve the memories of the greatest baseball players to ever do it. But I think where the writers and the Hall of Fame officials are at with all of this is trying to decide if it's even worth preserving this history that kind of has a bit of a dark side to it. I mean, as you can imagine, they don't want to be the ones that are held responsible for letting these players that cheated into the Hall of Fame that specifically commemorates those that got into the Hall without the use of performance-enhancing drugs or cheating. And to be honest with you, that's why I wasn't really that surprised when I heard the news that these guys that I mentioned before didn't make it in and that their eligibility is all dried up. But this all kind of leads to the somewhat controversial vote that did end up with a player in the Hall of Fame in 2022. You see, David Ortiz, in his first year on the ballot, received 307 votes which is 77.9%, which was enough to get him past that 75% threshold to get him into the Hall of Fame. On paper, it's pretty easy to understand why Ortiz was selected to have his name forever placed in Cooperstown. I mean, he joined the 500 home run club towards the end of his 20-year career and collected 2,472 hits while reaching his career 286 batting average. Big Poppy had a World Series MVP honor along with an ALCS MVP honor as he earned three World Series rings to put on his shelf. He was a 10-time All-Star and a Home Run Derby champion, which fit with the seven silver sluggers he collected throughout his career. But many people think that Ortiz getting in on his first year of eligibility seemed a little strange. I mean, you see... Unlike Bonds or Schilling, Ortiz doesn't own any all-time records. But what he did do was become one of the most consistent designated hitters of all time. I mean, he had plenty of years where he was in the top 10 at the very least, as far as total bases, RBIs, extra base hits, home runs, and so on and so forth. And that's where I really think that the Writers Association got this one right. I mean, I believe that the Writers Association knew that they couldn't just not induct someone two years in a row. And I think that they decided that Ortiz was probably the best option to really just keep everyone happy. But many people believe that there's sort of a weird bias going on even then because David Ortiz was not innocent 
when it came to the topic of steroid use. You see, in 2009, Major League Baseball confirmed the names of 100 players who, well back in 2003, tested positive for steroid use. This was the exact same report that revealed Alex Rodriguez and Manny Ramirez had both tested positive for steroids. And, as a matter of fact, Ortiz was one of those 100 players that failed a drug test. Now, nothing really came from this as Ortiz fully denied the allegations, saying that these tests might have been tipped off due to various over-the-counter drugs that he was taking at the time, and that there was some regional bias based on the amount of Yankees players who had also failed their drug tests. But regardless, Ortiz continued to play really good baseball, and as a result, he's the one and only inductee into the Hall of Fame in 2022. So, let's look ahead, shall we, into the future of the Hall of Fame vote. I think it's possible that the MLB Hall of Fame will go back to a more traditional, should I say, structure, once again, when it comes to voting. As many of the controversial figures that we've talked about for the past 10 years or so are now off of the ballot in 2023 due to eligibility. So, let's look at a couple guys who gained quite a bit of ground in 2022. The first has to be the Evansville, Indiana product, Scott Rollin, who played in the major leagues for 17 seasons, raking in a Rookie of the Year award, 7 All-Star appearances, and 8 gold gloves over at third base with the Phillies, Cardinals, and Reds, and Blue Jays. In the 2021 Hall of Fame vote, Rollin received 249 votes, which is 63.2% just 12% away from the magical 75% threshold, so pretty good there for Rollin. Right after him was the Colorado Rockies all-time first baseman Todd Helton, who also played 17 years in the majors, collecting 2,519 hits, 369 home runs, and a career 316 batting average, which is pretty crazy by itself. Not to mention his four silver sluggers, three gold gloves, and a batting title, and five All-Star Game appearances. Helton received 205 votes, good for 52%, as he continues to claw his way up the rankings with six years left in his eligibility, collecting around 10-15% to 15% more votes every year up to this point. Billy Wagner is probably the next closest, as he collected 51% of the votes, in the 201 votes that he received, followed by Andrew Jones, who collected 41.1% of the votes, 163 people in total. Up to this point, many analysts believe that these four that I've just mentioned will more than likely kind of clump together and either make up a ton of ground in the Hall of Fame voting or even just get elected and enshrined with the 341 others in Cooperstown. But before we get to some of the new players who will show up on the 2023 Hall of Fame ballot, I want to talk about a couple of surprising names that weren't able to make that 5% of votes cut in 2022. All 11 of these names will be chopped off all future ballots, including Tim Lincecum, Ryan Howard, Mark Teixeira, Justin Morneau, Prince Fielder, A.J. Pruszynski, Carl Crawford, and Jake Peavy. Now, if you've been around baseball for a while, 
you know that many of these players that I just listed sort of defined their own era in baseball back in the 2000s up to 2015 or so. I mean, Tim Lincecum was a bit of a phenom in his day, winning two Cy Young Awards and three World Series rings in that insane stretch that he had with the San Francisco Giants. Prince Fielder collected 319 home runs and 1,028 RBIs in his 12 years in the league and became one of the game's few Ironmans as he played all 162 games of the season four times in his career. Ryan Howard collected Rookie of the Year honors, the Player of the Year award, and an MVP award in his first two years in Major League Baseball. (laughs) And to be honest with you, all of these players really did incredible stuff throughout their entire career. As it sort of shows you just how difficult it really is to get into the Hall of Fame. I mean, it's the same reason why it's just such an honor that these players even make it onto the ballot in the first place. So, who's going to reach this honor in 2023? Well, as a matter of fact, 26 players are projected to make the ballot to kick off the first year of their eligibility. Now, I know that that's a lot of names, and a lot of really good stories, but I'll try to just headline a few of these guys that will make the biggest splash on the ballot. First off, Carlos Beltran. Now, Beltran definitely has what it takes to make the Hall of Fame. In his 20 years in the league, he collected 2,725 hits and 435 home runs as he collected a career 279 batting average with seven different ball clubs. Francisco Rodriguez, the near-unhittable closer out of Venezuela, will more than likely be on the ballot as well, with his 437 saves, which, by the way, is fourth all-time, and a career 286 ERA. And actually, while we're on the topic of closers, what about Houston Street, who collected 324 saves in his 13 years in the majors, finishing with a 295 career ERA? Other big names that come up include John Lackey, Jared Weaver, Jacoby Ellsbury, Andre Ethier, Ubaldo Jimenez, and Mike Napoli as well. So, as we draw closer to the finalization of this ballot, I'll be sure to make another set of predictions on who will make the cut and who will have to wait possibly another year or two in the 2023 Hall of Fame announcement. But I want to end this episode off by, I guess in a way, kind of dating myself, because as I was reading through these names of players and talking about these guys who are in the running for or are currently being voted on on the ballot, it really started to make me feel old. (laughs) I mean, many of these players are guys that I remember watching, guys that I remember seeing take the field and realizing how good they were all the way back then. And it's funny to hear some of these names again after they've sort of been forgotten about up to this point thanks to newer talent and big names that are still playing the game today. And it's interesting to reminisce on these players and fall back into that era of baseball once again. I mean, it's the reason why I love doing this podcast and plan to make many more in the future. Thank you for listening.